Thank you again for this opportunity. And Pastor Ricky, great to finally meet you. And uh, we love you and we love this congregation. You guys are unbelievable. So thank you for this uh, invitation today. Uh, The scripture reading this morning is about an anonymous woman. And I'd like to read these words that are found in the Gospel of Matthew. Meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon, a man who had previously had leprosy. And while he was eating, a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume and poured it over his head. Now the disciples were indignant when they saw this, and they called out, Why this waste? It could have been sold for a high price and the money given to the poor. But Jesus, aware of this, replied, Why criticize this woman for doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. She has poured this perfume on me to prepare my body for burial. And I tell you the truth, I tell you the truth. Wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. This is the word of God. Let's pray. Gracious God, thank you for this day. Thank you for a chance to be here with our friends. Thank you for what you're doing in the world through New Hanover United Methodist and also through UPI. We pray now that you would be with us as we ponder what the story of this woman means for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, in, the, in the first service, Pastor Gill, did you, you introduced a couple that had been married for 66 years, right? Did I hear that right? 66 years, and I, I mean, I don't think they're here at this service, but that's pretty extraordinary and uh, reminded me of a little story about a couple they'd been married for 50 years. And, you know, they were deeply in love, the kind you see in the mall that are wearing matching T-shirts. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they had no secrets between them, but, but there was this one thing on, on the dresser right next to the bed. The woman had a little jewelry box, and she never let the man know what was in the jewelry box. And so finally one day her health was failing, and the husband said, honey, I'd like to know what's in the jewelry box. So she said, well, bring it over. He brings it over, sits down beside the bed, and he opens it up. And inside, pastor, to his surprise, there's five little knit dolls and $50,000 in $1 bills. Husband's like, honey, what's going on? And she said, well, you know, honey, over the 50 years we've been married, every time you got on my nerves or irritated me, I would knit a little doll. And the guy said, wow, 50 years, five dolls. I'm the man. And he said, well, what about the 50 and $1 bills, 50,000 and $1 bills? And she said, like I said, every time you'd annoy me or get on my nerves, I'd knit a doll. I'd take it to the flea market and sell it for a dollar. <laughs> A number of years ago, I was watching TV, and uh, this interviewer was interviewing this retiring bishop. He was in his late 80s, and I'll never forget the the interviewer, the reporter, looked at this retiring bishop and said, you know, bishop, if you were to distill it all down, you know, a couple of words that would define Christian behavior or sort of the essence of what it means to be a Christian. If you were just to pick a couple of words, what would you say? And I, I'll never forget, this old bishop sort of took his time and scratched his beard. He was in no rush. And then he looked back at the reporter and he said, I'd say this. I would say that Christians are people who love with waste. 
Christians are people who love wastefully. Now, I remember hearing those two words. I'd never put love and waste together. I mean, it seemed almost oxymoronic, right? You know, like jumbo shrimp or bureaucratic efficiency or postal service or... And here was this bishop saying, no, no, the essence of it all is is, that Christians are to love wastefully. Now, I grew up in a home where we just weren't allowed to waste. I mean, my dad, he was recycling before we had those cool yellow and blue barrels. And he would collect newspaper for the Boy Scouts and bundle it up and take it across town. And I mean, I remember I used to take my lunch to school, not in a cool Avenger lunch bucket, but in a used cookie bag. And my mom would put my milk in a mayonnaise jar, and at the end of the day, I would have to bring it home and use it again. I mean, you know, 20 years of the mantra in my home was, waste not. I mean, that gets deep. I still can't throw out a Starbucks cup. I mean, they're so beautiful. And so here's this bishop saying, no, if, if you, you know, what, what defines a Christian is that you're somebody who loves with waste. Now, here, here's what I've seen with Christians. We love, but, but, you know, we love sort of practically. You know, let, let's be reasonable. I mean, you know, isn't love like any other commodity, you know, sort of sprinkle it around like a good mutual fund? <laughs> you know, shouldn't we love those who love us back and be kind to those who, who at least appreciate our kindness or forgive those who, who are sincere in their apologies? Oh, we love. I mean, one of the things we do, pastors, we recruit university students from all over the world to come and serve in the inner city as, as short-term missionaries. Actually, I, I, whenever I think of university students, I love the story of the, the college kids that are in a cafeteria, and they're coming down the line, and there's this big bowl of apples, and one of the, stu- or one of the cafeteria workers had written, take one only, God is watching. <laughs> they go a little further down the line, there's a big plate of chocolate chip cookies. One of the students had written, take as many as you want, God's watching the apples. <laughs> But, you know, we, we recruit university students and inevitably, Pastor, they, you know, they'll come up to me and they'll say, you know, Reverend Maine, I'd love to come and serve in the inner city. But when I tell my parents, they look at me and they say, we just spent $250,000 on your education and you want to go do what? You want to waste it? Oh, we love, but hey, let's not get carried away now. And so we come to this passage of scripture today about this anonymous woman Some scholars feel that she is actually the first Christian because she's the first one who truly recognizes Jesus for who he really is. And she takes this alabaster jar of perfume, her her, her investment, her 501k or her 401k, and she comes to Jesus and she anoints him. And what's the response of the disciples? And I get it. I run a nonprofit. I understand the value of a dollar. And the disciples respond to this woman and they cry out, why this waste? And what does Jesus do? He doesn't throw her under the bus. He doesn't say, oh, you sentimental, foolish woman. He upholds her as an example of discipleship and in a sense says to his disciples, guys, you've been following me for three years. You've seen my miracles. You've heard my teaching, but you still don't get it. You fail to see the heart behind the act. And what she's done is a beautiful thing. And wherever the gospel is preached, this story will be told. Do we love with waste, with extravagance, 
I, uh, I've been married 30 years, and I, I learn a lot from my wife, and uh, she does this heart stuff way better than I do, and I, I'll never forget a few years ago, she was with our kids, it was Saturday, and she, she went to Toys R Us, and uh, they're walking through Toys R Us, and they come to aisle eight, Pastor, and you know, I don't know why this would happen. I can't quite understand it. But in aisle eight at Toys R Us on a Saturday afternoon, my, my wife saw a doll. And somehow she made a connection between that doll and a woman named Miss Gary, who she didn't know that well. But she had this sense, this impulse in Toys R Us that that woman needed that doll. Now, Miss Gary could buy Toys R Us, wealthy woman. So my wife buys the doll. She drives home. He stops by Miss Gary's house rings the doorbell, Miss Gary comes to the door, she looks at my wife in overalls, carrying a Toys R Us bag, and my wife says, I was in Toys R Us, I saw this doll and thought you needed it. Well, Miss Gary doesn't know what to do. She takes the doll, she thanks my wife, closes the door, my wife comes home. I'm like, what what, what have you guys been doing? Oh, we went to a Toys R Us. What'd you do at Toys R Us? Oh, I bought a doll. You bought a doll? For who? You, You bought a doll for Miss Gary? Miss Gary, who has everything? How, how much was the doll? $19.89? You spent $19.89 on a woman who has everything? I mean, we're going back and forth. The kids are hiding under the table, you know. I mean, you know, and then the phone rings. And I go over, I pick up the phone. This voice says, is, is Pam there? I said, sure. Who's this? She said, it's Miss Gary. Pam comes over to the phone. They start talking. They're crying. They're laughing. They're crying. They're laughing. 20 minutes later, she hungs up the phone. She turns to me. She's got this big demonic grin on her face. <laughs> and she says, say it. Now, those of us guys who've been married for a while, there's three words we just hate to say. I was wrong. And then she said, could you say it with a little feeling? <laughs> I was wrong. She went on to tell me that Miss Gary's family had escaped Eastern Europe at the breakout of the Second World War. They'd arrived in the U.S. They were poor. This woman had never had a doll. Three days later, my wife gets a four-page letter on Golden Boss Stationery thanking her profusely for this doll. Six months later, Miss Gary's husband's diagnosed with terminal brain cancer, and my, my wife has an opportunity to minister to her in ways that I could never imagine. i got to tell you, Pastor Gill, if I had had that impulse in Toys R Us, I would have repressed it, denied it. I failed to see the heart behind the act, but sometimes that's what it's all about, isn't it? Do we love with extravagance? Do we love wastefully? Jesus did. That's what got him in trouble. Jesus didn't behave. He didn't do what everybody told him to do. He didn't love the people that people said were okay to love. In Mark 8, he takes his ministry to Gentile territory, something a good Orthodox Jew would never do. Matthew 12. His love can't be contained by the, by, the, by the religious barriers of the day when he heals on the Sabbath. Matthew 18, by the social barriers of the day when he welcomes children and blesses them. John 4, when he takes his ministry into Samaria and talks to a, talks to a Samaritan woman. And then that great act of wasteful love on Monday, Thursday, when Jesus gets down on his knees and he washes the feet of the man who will betray him. Jesus was the greatest wasteful lover ever. 
And the good news of the gospel is not just when we die, we go to heaven. That's great news. But the good news is also that the resurrected Christ comes into our small, fearful, crusty, boundary-abiding hearts and liberates us to love. William Sloan Coffin said this. I love his quote. Love is the measure of our stature. The more we love, the bigger we are. And then he goes on to say, there is no smaller package in the universe than a man all wrapped up in himself. I'll close with this story. My first trip to Malawi, Africa, 16 million people, one of the poorest countries in the world. I'll never forget, I didn't know what we would be eating that week, and so I I went to BJ's Wholesale Club, and I, I bought a big case of granola bars. And I packed them in my travel bag. And when I got to Malawi, we started traveling around, and we ate something called sima. It's kind of like cornmeal. And so at night, I would sneak back to my dorm room, and I'd get one of my little granola bars, and I would eat it like a little squirrel. And I wouldn't share them with anybody because I had to make it through the week. Finally, the last night, we get invited to a missionary home for dinner. And after dinner, the the missionary's wife comes out of the kitchen. She's got this big plate of steaming hot chocolate chip cookies. Now, when you've been eating Sema and granola bars all week, they were intoxicating, and I ate three or four or five of them. And then finally, my Malawian host turned to the missionary and said, where did you get the chocolate chips? You can't buy them in Malawi. And I'll never forget, the missionary said, once a year, We have a friend come from the United States, and they bring us one bag of Toll House chocolate chips, and we decided to share them with you tonight. (laughs) And every time now I eat a chocolate chip cookie, it takes on a sacramental quality. I think of that mission family that just loved with extravagance. Do we love? Mother Teresa said it best. We cannot do great things, just small things with great love. God bless.